Welcome to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm a personal trainer, entrepreneur, and mindset coach. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you all the goods through interviews with powerful women, sharing my experience coaching and training clients, and my personal insights to get you living fiercely in your life. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm your host. Today we are going to be interviewing a dear friend of mine named Hamza and we are going to be talking about understanding and exploring your relationship with yourself. So before I dive into that, I'm just going to introduce Hamza and I'm going to share about how we know each other. So we know each other from working at Good Life Fitness together and we connected and immediately realized that we both have a passion for personal development and self-growth, which has led us to have quite a few amazing conversations where we've shared insights with each other and it's just been such a great opportunity to connect with him and we decided that we wanted to record an episode together today. So Hamza, I would love if you would take a moment to introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, tell us what you're up to, tell us why you're so passionate about personal development because this is obviously like our parallel of how we became friends and started talking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, first of all, Keila, I want to thank you for having me as a guest uh, on your podcast. I'm very excited to explore our topic today. So just a little bit about myself, um, obviously we are co-workers, um, so I am a sales advisor at Good Life Fitness at the moment, and uh, I'm a musician and a blogger also. So on my personal blog called The Brazen Bastard, um, I do delve a lot into personal development and cultural uh, discussions and personal philosophies, and I'm doing it in like a really cheeky manner, as you can probably assume from the name. Uh, so for me, I got into uh, personal development. I don't want to say got into personal development, but uh, I started exploring personal development probably a few years back. Um, as uh, is very common amongst people who do, I was going through a tougher period in my life, and I was quote unquote seeking answers. Uh, so I started listening to you know all the classic guys that people usually listen to, like Tony Robbins and whatnot. Um, and after consuming that content for years and years and years, I sort of started finding my own niche within it of what I really wanted to focus on. Because um, for me, I found out that I didn't really lean too much towards the super like motivational, like heavy, like personal development. Everyone's jumping and screaming and saying everything's amazing, everything's great. No, I don't. I'm not a big proponent of that. I'm more into um, sort of exploring yourself and uh, you know calling yourself out on your own bullshit, right? Which is really the angle that my blog. Uh, comes from so uh, and I'm and I'm gonna assume that that's why you wanted me to do this topic with you today totally and what we're gonna be talking about is understanding and exploring your relationship with yourself which I think is really important because I can definitely say for myself that I've always been about relationships with other people like Mm -hmm. connection with so-and-so and you know fixing this and fixing that and having the dream relationship so we're gonna dive into that but I just want to go back and talk a little bit more about your blog and I just want you to share how you started doing that, like why, why, you're, why you're doing it and what inspired you and what you want to do with that in the future. For sure, so um, actually the blog came as a result of uh, some major life decisions that I made last year. So just a bit of quick background, um, I used to, well, I'm in downtown Toronto now, but I was living out in the suburbs in Oakville and I was working in finance um, and I was very, very unhappy with my job. I was very unhappy with the relationship I was in at the moment. Um, I felt a little bit disconnected from my family and friends. 
Um, so after I decided to relocate to downtown Toronto and focus more on uh, living a more creative life, right, whether that's doing music or writing or whatnot, actually at that point I didn't even know that writing was something that was going to be in my life. Um, I came down here and I just threw myself into the music scene, um, which was amazing in its own way but carried its own, its own challenges. But I think uh, in taking that leap, um, I was forced to confront a lot of my own issues and demons um, and really just take everything else into consideration, right? Because I felt that my, my uh, attachment to a lot of things and my concept of meaning was really, really shaky at that moment. So I started writing. I started writing as a way to, to deal with that. Um, but then as I started writing, for some reason this, this character started uh, coming out and uh, I, I, I wrote it back and I know this is going to sound a little self-indulgent, but I found myself laughing at some of the things that I wrote. Um, so I decided to put a post together. I shared it amongst all my friends. And uh, they all responded and they said, hey, this is hilarious. Like, I thought this was going to be just like, you know, some kind of like, oh, whatever. Hamza's just done something off the cuff and, you know, he'll do it once and then whatever. He's just sharing this for the sake of sharing it. But they said, hey, this was actually really funny and I really enjoyed what you were talking about. And a lot of them says, I'm looking forward to reading uh, the next one. So I was like, oh, shit, okay, all right, cool. And once you get that sort of feedback from other people, you feel more compelled to want to continue with it. I'm sure you, you I, understand. Yeah, I, 100%, I totally get that. It, yeah. You know, you put something out there, you risk being vulnerable for a moment, exactly. and then all of a sudden you get positive feedback, and it, it makes you feel good and you want to keep doing it, right? For sure. And so just to give our listeners a bit of a, a background, like his blog, I remember when I first read it, literally it's called The Brazen Bastard. So when you read it, just be open-minded. There's going to be some F-bombs and cheeky like little things in there, but I definitely loved it. And I even thought he was in journalism when I first read it because it was su there was such a good flow and it was really natural the way you were writing. Thank you. So I think that's so amazing how you've really tapped into that and just I believe that if you keep feeding into that then obviously it's going to grow and you're going to get a larger audience and it's I think that blogs are underappreciated in the sense they're not as popular like in quotes here mm -hmm. as they used to be in the past right but yeah. I think that it's definitely somewhere to be able to have yourself expression and share your thoughts and just you know, have a track record. It's kind of like me creating this podcast. Yeah. And I started from the beginning of when I started doing mindset coaching and I'm going to have it for the rest of my life, which is crazy, right? And it's the same thing with having a blog. For sure, So yeah. organic, right? It is very, very organic, yeah. And um, for me, I was almost shocked at how naturally it, it came also. But I think, uh, again, with having been a musician for so long, creative expression is, uh, is a muscle that I've uh, developed. And I think that's one thing that I want to share with People who also, uh, you know, they tell me, you know, like, oh, I wish I had a creative pursuit or I wish I could do this. I wish I could write, uh, you know, like just, I guess, uh, maybe even podcast like yourself or do whatever. And I, and I always tell them, I'm like, you know what? Creativity really is a muscle. I think everyone definitely has that creative side to them, but you just have to have the willingness to explore it and work on it. And it will be work. Right? It's not like one day you're gonna wake up, you're gonna write the best song ever, you're gonna have the best blog post ever, you're gonna have the best podcast ever. It's work like anything else. Totally. So it's a skill you have to develop. Exactly. You know? so. Yeah, no, I really love that. And yeah. like you said, if somebody told me last year, Kayla, you're gonna start a podcast, I probably would have laughed at them. I actually thought it was much more complicated than it was to start a freaking right? podcast. Yeah. yeah. And then I thought, no, I'm just gonna do it because I had other friends of mine who were doing it and they inspired me, which is also really important because I'm sure that you might know or not know that you've inspired people from you taking on this creative pursuit and then turning it into your own and having this blog. Yeah. So that's the really important thing is it's you kinda have to take a risk, you know? You have to. Yeah. Right. And I mean I and and 
I'm sure that uh, you've probably felt this a little bit too, but and it's funny because this is one of my blog posts also, is that you find the things that you're good at and that you enjoy and also in contrast the things you don't uh, enjoy and aren't particularly good at through just pure experimentation. Right, you sort of view life as a playground, and you go around, and you know, you're like, maybe I'll, you know, try out the swings for a little bit. Maybe I'll go do the monkey bars. You're like, oh, you know what? I don't really like this, but I do like that. And through that, that is how you figure out um, what it is that you enjoy doing, um, whether it's creatively or in any other facet. Do you know what I mean? Totally. No, that's yeah. brilliant. I love that metaphor too. Right? It definitely. Yeah. It, it makes life sound a lot less serious, exactly, which I think yeah. is something that we really need to implement more yeah. in, in our ways of being, you know, happy and free and playful and whatever. So we're going to dive into our topic now that we've sort of engaged in, you know, talking about his blog. And it is relevant because these are the types of things that you will find in his blog. So I definitely promise that I will put that in the show notes for you so that you can check that out after you listen to the podcast. So to dive into the topic today understanding and exploring your relationship with yourself so hamza what do you think about this statement um i mean i think that this is something that people should think about honestly every single day right and when i see a statement like that for some people it's like oh that sounds so exhausting it's like but really i mean your relationship with yourself is basically your life if you think about it. And the reason I made that statement, and I know you're, a, even in your last podcast, you mentioned how you put relationships above all else because you think that's what gives life its color and vibrancy and all those wonderful and important things. Um, and the angle that I'm coming from uh, is that your relationship with yourself is the master relationship. And it's the one that affects every single other relationship in your life, whether it's with family, uh, partners, friends, co-workers, even strangers, you know, yeah. so that's, that's what I wanted to really discuss and dive deep into. So, totally. Yeah. And I really love that because since I dove into personal development about five years ago and what that looked like for me was, and I share this in my episode, uh, prior to this one, I think, or two episodes ago, I shared about being cheated on. And I really talked about how that gave me my self-worth. And having gone through that experience, it made me see how I was constantly trying to please. And that's no one's fault. That's not my boyfriend's fault. That's no one else's fault. It was just, I was in that space when I was like 22, 23 years old, where I was just trying to like reach out to have the best friendships, have the best teammates that I was playing rugby with, have the best relationship with my boyfriend and, you know, have the best relationship with my dad and my mom and all of that. And it was like my cup wasn't full and it was just inauthentic the way that I was being trying to sustain these relationships when I didn't have my self-worth. Yeah. I mean, basically you're trying to put on everyone else's oxygen mask without having put yours on first. Exactly. Right. And if you don't do that, you literally don't have the capacity to manage all those other relationships. Exactly. And it really took me hitting that wall in my relationship with my boyfriend that made me realize, whoa, like I'm the one that chooses what I think about myself and other people's actions do not dictate that unless I allow them to. And okay, that probably sounds really steep to say that and you know, easy peasy. It's not necessarily because it really does take working a muscle of awareness of how other people's actions and what they say and think about you influence you and your relationship to yourself. Yeah. Because of course, when that incident happened for me, 
I immediately thought, oh, I'm not worth it. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. You know, all of that. And it's you selling yourself that story. Totally. Right? I mean, obviously, it's it's happening as a result of the external circumstances that are occurring around you. And I mean, even in that difficult situation that you're discussing with your boyfriend, it is an external circumstance. But now it's having such a massive impact on your internal world, which starts to feel like it's crumbling. But then what you realize is that there was never really a strong foundation to begin with. Exactly. That's why it's crumbling. Exactly, right? And that foundation is basically now when I compare myself. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, when I compare myself now at 29 years old to 22-year-old Kayla, I was lacking confidence in the sense like I was in the middle of university. I was playing competitive rugby. I was working part-time. There was just a lot of, it was just a space of development, right? And now fast forward seven years, you know, I've lived in China. I've lived in Toronto. I've built a personal training business from nothing I'm starting this mind, mindset coaching business and my my confidence and my tolerance for the quality of relationships that I want in my life is extremely high and yeah. I also deliver that to people you know it's not like I just expect them to quote treat me like a queen yeah. I just mean literally why not hold each other accountable to both be you know self-loving and developing ourselves and you know holding each other accountable to show up because that is so important exactly and it's crazy how often people just don't even do what you just said which is show up they're there but they're not actually they're not emotionally there yeah right so um and i mean see and it's it's funny that we're discussing this because when i talk to people in general it feels like a lot of self-realizations happen through uh challenges and uh you know awful moments that occur in intimate relationships Right, that seems to be breeding ground for figuring out your own shit. It's basically. so true. Yeah, and I think I'm I'm very much spiritual in the sense that I do believe that you know things happen for a reason. And it's funny because as soon as I say that, it says 3:33 p.m. on the clock, which <laughs> I love like synchronicities, right? Yeah. But I really think that if that situation for me where I discovered my self-worth had to happen because I would have just continued like that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those moments of hardship are totally necessary and it's it obviously sucks when you're in it. Yeah. But if you can look back and embrace what happened and forgive whatever pain or hardship that you went through and see the lesson in that, it will be so rewarding. 100%. And to be honest, I think that's what life actually is. I think that's what it is, right? You you go through hardships, you go through trials and tribulations. And I know a lot of it sounds like this big epic hero's journey. But if you read through history, you notice that that's what a lot of the stories being told were. That was a theme they revolved around. And because that is the common narrative in a lot of people's life, right? You are the hero in your own journey, uh, regardless of your race, your um, you know uh, gender, your orientation, whatever it is, you are the protagonist of your own story um, and I mean how often do you listen to a story where everything is sunshines and rainbows that doesn't exist because that's not realistic yeah um, so the trials and tribulations are just a part of life like that is it just you know shit but that phrase shit happens I know it's so cliched but it's such a fundamental truth like it's just part of life. like shit just happens yeah it's right true. and if anyone is trying to argue that which I don't know how many people would but if someone was vehemently arguing that then you're gonna look at that person and be like you're you're delusional you're delusional. What world are you living in, right? Like, no one has a perfect life. You're going to have ups and downs, regardless of who you are, what economic situation you're born into, uh, whatever disabilities you have, you're just going to have ups and downs. And that is what's going to actually um, develop you as a person, 
right? Because I think uh, I think you have to almost view yourself as the architect of your own life, which might sound like big and grandiose, but I think this way you retain that self-responsibility that's so freaking important because at the end of the day, it is, it's your life. It is no one else's life. It is your life. Exactly. Totally. And I would love, so I'm going to poke at you a little bit here. Go ahead. Have, do you have a situation in your life where you, you know, discovered yourself or your self-worth? Like just how I kind of shared my, my experience of a big yeah. breakthrough. Like I would love for you to share that. Oh yeah, poke away. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, actually, like I mentioned at the beginning um, of our discussion here, I made these massive changes in my life last year, which was walking away from an unhealthy relationship with my, uh, I'll call him employer, and my unhealthy relationship with my ex-girlfriend so it was and it was both right and um, it was heavy I think going through one or the other would be intense enough on its own but dealing with both of them holy fuck I have never felt that level of duress and stress in my life um, so realizing that I was stuck in a situation at uh, work where I was really just being basically fed bullshit right it's like uh, you know th th there's basically I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but basically I was being giving empty promises um, and there's expectations that weren't being met, right? Whether it's like, okay, well, we'll move you here because we know that that's where you want to go. But then they'd come back and say, oh, you know what? Actually, it doesn't feel like the right time or we can't do it right now. Um, and over the course of like, I'd say maybe two to three years, this happened like half a dozen times. And there's only so much that a person can take of like, oh, unfortunately we can't follow through on that promise right now. So I hit a wall there, 100%. And the other one was also with my ex. Um, because as I got to know her a little better, I started to see that she wasn't confronting her own demons and she was taking that out on me. And my problem was is that I wasn't putting up the right sort of boundaries. Um, and uh, even when I did attempt, I guess, to put up the boundaries, and I don't know how well I was doing it, but even when I tried to put up boundaries, it would always seem to be thrown back in my face. Um, and then that's when I had the big realization, uh, especially in my personal relationship, that the issue wasn't chemistry, it was compatibility, right? It's not that we weren't, you know, into each other. It's that we were just wrong for each other, right? And that took me, and I mean, it's been almost a, a year and a bit since that's occurred, but it took me a long time to get to that realization. And that's when I felt that weight being lifted off. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. when you finally like move on from an old relationship, yes. because obviously you're going to be ha hanging on to it in some ways or feel some entanglement. But really I felt this massive weight just being lifted off my shoulder and I accepted the situation for what it was. Um, and uh, I think that's what led me to forgiveness. And I know that was a big theme that you were discussing in your podcast totally. last time. Yeah. And my question is, obviously I shared when I went through that experience of being cheated on. Yeah. I had a lot of uh, experience of conversations conversations in my mind, such as, you know, you're not good enough. If you if you were there that night, this wouldn't have happened. You know, why, why, why don't you speak up more? There's just so much make wrong that I had for myself once that happened. It was literally like a switch flip the moment I found out that it happened. Yeah. And so for you, it sounds like you were kind of tolerating this for a while with your employer and obviously with your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. So what, what was the conversations that were going on in your head then that kept you in that space? Uh, that things will change. I was bullshitting myself. I was 100% okay. bullshitting myself, saying, no, it'll be fine. You know, like, my employer will come through and they will, you know, finally promote me after two years of promising me a promotion. It was never going to happen in yeah. that respect. And, I, and I'm not saying that out of bitterness. I'm saying that out of now having that honest 
you know, like rear view now. Be like, yeah, no, that wasn't gonna happen. There was no intention. I was just, I was just being told what I wanted to hear because then I could, they could keep me where they wanted to keep me and be like, well, whatever. He's just gonna stay there anyways because we can keep, you know, what is it, dangling the carrot in front yeah. of him. Um, and it's not to, and again, I'm not trying to approach this from a victim uh, mindset because that's what I was doing at that point. I'm just looking at it from an yes. honest point of view. Yeah. Um, and it's, same with my ex also. I'm like, no, you know what? One day she's going to wake up and she's going to be a different person. But like, again, and it's funny as I'm saying it out loud now, it's just like, <laughs> I don't even know how I convinced myself of those truths. But that's because I didn't want to deal with the pain. I didn't want to deal with the pain of honestly confronting my, you know, then reporting manager and saying, hey, like, I know that this isn't going anywhere. It's probably time for me to move on. And looking my ex in the face and saying, hey, this isn't working out. We need to break up and move on. And I was avoiding both of those conversations for yeah. a long time. Um, and uh, I guess if you want to know what was the breaking point. Yeah, for um, sure. So for me, <laughs> um, I guess, so at that point, I had really gotten away from doing the things that I wanted to do, which was creative expression. So at that point, I had not been focusing on music at all in my life because I was so entrapped with this situation at work and then with my ex-girlfriend. And I remember just, funny enough, and I know it's going to sound kind of funny, but I remember looking over at my guitar and thinking like, that's what I used to do. That's what I used to love. How the fuck did I end up here? And I, I can't even describe it. And I know it might almost sound like cheesy and fictional, but there was just a shift in my head. It's like, no, I'm not living the life that I want. And I remember that was the phrase that like, like basically became ingrained and burned into my head. It's like, I am not living the life that I want. But it's my responsibility to take ownership of that and then make the decisions. And it is decisions because decisions are what shape your life. So it's like, make the decisions that will get me to, you know, they'll get me on the path to living the life that I want to live. And guess what? It was just two conversations. Isn't that crazy? It was fucking mind blowing. Yeah. After the fact, scary as hell, right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I walked in there, right, with like an entourage behind me, and I'm like a baller, like, oh yeah, I'm like ready to make these big decisions. It was fucking scary as shit. But sitting down across from my branch manager and telling her I'm resigning because this isn't working out, that was a tough conversation, but it needed to happen, right? Meeting up with my now ex and saying, hey, this isn't working out. We need to break up. It was just those two conversations that completely changed my life. Yeah. Right? And I feel like for anyone listening <laughs> listening to this, those things will probably hit home when you think about how many, how much progress and change has really just been on the other side of a tough conversation. That's so great. And one thing I want to ask you is looking back on the situation when you were in the shit yeah what was your relationship to yourself and then the moment you ended it what was your relationship to yourself and then now in this present moment having this conversation when you look back what are you seeing in terms of how your relationship altogether has shifted for sure so i think the number one thing so if we like so let's say we have a beginning middle and now yes uh like markers to this uh i guess journey quote unquote at the beginning i didn't uh, before i made those decisions i wasn't setting the right kind of personal boundaries and most importantly i wasn't taking ownership of my life so whatever that internal muck that i was dealing with it was that i felt out of control that was the, the biggest thing right i felt that i was a victim to this relationship with my employer, to this relationship uh, with this girl. Um, and it was painful, right? Like it was hard to get up in the morning, right? Because it's like, oh, do I really want to get up today and have to deal with all this? 
Um, and then I think uh, in through making the decisions to walk away, now you're sort of, I like, and like, and, and um, what I really want to, uh, I guess, express here is that that is just step one. Making those decisions is step one. So now you're basically deciding to enter the real shit storm, which is grasping for meaning, trying to figure out what your beliefs and values are. Because when you walk away from such fundamental things, which is, you know, your job and, uh, you know, an intimate relationship with someone, when you walk away from those, your your whole concept of meaning is, is all over the place now, right? Like it's sort of messed up in some ways. And you're trying to figure out your place in the world. You're trying to figure out the meaning to your life, which are like these massive questions, but uh, it's just it's difficult not to, not to think about those things in those moments, right? Because you feel like your whole world has been turned upside down, um, and I think that you know after that relocating to downtown Toronto and uh, trying to figure out uh, you know how I can move forward in my creative pursuits, how I can settle more into the city. I think at that point in that middle, there was a lot of confusion. Or like a great deal of confusion, um, which I think is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes when people look at someone who's confused, they think there's something wrong with them. But it's like, no, just because you don't have all the answers right now, it doesn't mean you won't figure it out. And B, when the fuck did we feel so entitled to have the answers to everything? Yeah. Right? You're not put on this planet with an instruction manual. You figure it out as you go. Exactly. Right. So, and that's why, and I'm the, I personally am the most distrustful of people who think that they have the answers to everything. Because for me, I think that they're, or I perceive them as living in a state of self-delusion and that now they've created this, their own echo chamber that they're living in, right? And I think that really impedes your personal growth, right? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally get that. And one thing that what I'm hearing when you were sharing about that whole journey was that it was a journey, right? And, and it still is. It still is. I'm still yeah. on that journey. And it sounds like, do you think... Because for me, I know that when I look back at my relationship, when I went through that hardship with my boyfriend, when I look back, I really saw even before that event happened, how insecure I was in my life and just being unsure, you know, being in my early 20s, not knowing what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And that was just totally projecting into my outer world, right? Yeah. And obviously my boyfriend was dealing with his own stuff too, like being young and, and, you know, we were just both in university, not knowing exactly what the hell we're doing with our lives. Right. And I can definitely say looking back then my relationship to myself was just being unsure, being like lacking confidence and just not having a sense of direction and not not valuing myself and seeking validation in other relationships rather than valuing myself in the present moment yeah so then when that event happened that's obviously when the journey started towards I need to set my boundaries and it's my responsibility to communicate and you know that started creating my confidence so and I took the relationship to myself was to have confidence and be confident and then now in the present moment looking back at all of that that was, you know, the biggest thing that was lacking was confidence because I believe me having confidence now has obviously one of the biggest reasons as to why I started doing this mindset coaching business. This, all these things, like you said earlier, having your relationship strong with yourself completely projects and reflects out into your life. Yeah. It's ripple effect. And that will, that will also cause people to show up a certain way, right? So I'm sure that the relationship with, that you had with yourself when you were tolerating this crap dare I say back yeah. in the day you know if you were tolerating that crap you know no offense no wonder your employer quote took advantage of you exactly no wonder you know compatibility wasn't present with your ex-girlfriend because you weren't necessarily compatible with yourself in that moment so this is literally why we're having this conversation today is because the relationship that you have with yourself 
100% reflects back out into the universe and that causes what is surrounding you in your life. Exactly, because, okay, for example, let's say that you're angry with yourself. How the hell are you gonna be happy with other people? It's <laughs> you know true. what I mean? If you're in a state of like, I loathe myself or I'm upset with myself or I don't trust myself right now, how are you gonna have that empathy and compassion that's needed to connect with other people? What I think is so funny about what you said is that obviously if you're angry with yourself and you're walking around and you're pissed off, people won't want to be around you. No. Obvi like obviously that seems that seems like a no-brainer, right? But yeah. honestly, so if you're there and you're feeling like a victim or you're frustrated with, you know, your work or you're not very good at voicing what you need in relationships, that is going to be a direct reflection of what is in your life. So I think that's so important, and I mentioned it earlier, is having awareness of your thoughts and who you're being in your life because you will attract those people into your life depending on who you're being. And I can't even stress that enough with me getting into mindset coaching. There's people that I knew back in high school and in elementary school that I haven't talked to in over a decade. And now we've reconnected because we're literally on the same playing field of self-growth and we have the same values and we're working on the same things in our life in terms of our relationship with ourselves and our confidence and what we are creating for our career. And I just think it's so funny. It's literally a magnet effect. It is law of attraction. Exactly. And I, I want to put a couple of underlines under under um, under the phrase similar values. Yes. That's what people connect over is is their values. Totally. And that's literally what led us to have this conversation today. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it's just so funny how that really does play out in your life. And I think that that's something that everyone could stand to be a little bit more cognizant of. Right is, but then again, it's so funny. It comes back to knowing your own values first. And I think that is never, um, that's never finished, right? Your values are always going to sort of change because they're, they're malleable, um, but you can also refine your values a little bit more, right? Like let's say you're someone who really, really, for example, values um, financial independence, right? That's something that people really value. Um, and as you get older and as life gets a little bit more complicated or you're more responsible for other people, you're just going to, that value is going to dictate more and more of your choices and how you make decisions, right? That's why the rich get richer, in my opinion. It's because of their value for financial freedom and financial independence. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And I just want to tap into something now. We've been talking about the last almost half an hour about how to why it's important to have this relationship with yourself and how it reflects back into your life. So the question is that I'm asking you, what have you done, and I'll share after, to strengthen your relationship with yourself? For sure, so um, I mean, this might sound funny, but uh, when I decided to take responsibility for myself and work on my relationship with myself, I basically went to war with myself, right? So I, I had to take an honest look at myself and say, hey, what is not working here, right? Or what am I doing that's contributing to the current problems and challenges in my life? So number one, obviously being involved in the music scene in Toronto is that there's such a big partying aspect to it too, right? And I found myself indulging very heavily and very regularly. And it was tough to deal with that, right? Because I got so much enjoyment out of it. It also uh, you know, allowed for relatability with other people within the music scene. But I realized that in me engaging in these habits that I'm doing an enormous amount of harm to myself um, and you know, in, in some big ways and also in some small ways. Sounds like you really got the impact of your behavior and that was just a rude awakening, right? So you really realized that you needed to change your habits. So now what are you doing to get new habits in there, replacing the old ones and strengthening the relationship with yourself? 
For sure. So I think uh, one of the biggest things that's made a big difference in my life has been journaling. Um, and I know that you're a huge proponent of journaling yep. yourself also, uh, because now what you're doing is you're taking that narrative out of your head and you're actually exploring it, right? And there's something about writing it on paper and then having to deal with it that forces you now to, to get on the path of wanting to change it because, you see, because it makes it real. You know what I mean? It's no longer a thought in your head. It is now words that you have written out. So journaling has been huge for that. Um, I think the other thing too is knowing who your your closest circle is and having these discussions with them. And literally ask them, it's like, hey, what is it that I do that you think is either harmful to myself or others? That's a tough question to ask. And I think it's one that most people are not willing to ask. But I asked my siblings, right? I asked my best friends. Um, and I even asked uh, people who I've become close with very, very recently, right? Whether it's uh, someone maybe I met at work or uh, just a friend I've made in the city. Um, but you know how you, sometimes when you meet someone, you get really close to them quite quickly and you can and you have that trust there. It's just asking those people also. Um, and it's funny because with them, they don't know you as well. They don't know your history, right? They just see you for what you are at this moment. So they're going to have different feedback than, for example, like my brother who's known me my entire life. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really important to have those different sources to get feedback from. And when you were saying this, what I was going back to was the conversation when we were saying the relationship we have with ourselves reflects onto other people. Did, when you asked this question to those people in your life, did you notice a trend? I, I noticed uh, that they felt a little bit more, I think it actually increased trust between everyone um, and I could feel sort of and I, I think that's a good way to deepen your connection also is by asking those sorts of questions because now from the other side they know that you're engaging in self-awareness and they see an opportunity to help you you know what I mean yeah definitely and it also I think because what I'm trying to point at is you obviously trusted yourself to make a change and you decided to connect with these people in your life yeah. and because you trusted yourself first this was reflected into them and then they were able to build that trust with you that's what i'm trying to point and out and that's exactly it that's exactly it because you're going to get what you put out you know what i mean so if you're able to now trust yourself and share openly and communicate which is a big thing in your last podcast is communication is everything because what i was doing in those moments when i was reaching out to family or friends or whoever is i was communicating honestly and openly Right. And that it's so funny. It ties into everything that we've been talking about is now that I was actively working on my relationship with myself. That led to me now working on my relationships with other people. Right. Is that is that what you're trying to get at? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because yeah. I really just it's so funny because when you shared your story about the, the journey that you went through with your employer and your ex-girlfriend, I just kept thinking about my moment recently this year when I decided to launch my mindset coaching business and really put myself out there online. And when I look back to, so this this sort of work where I started putting myself out online started in about February, January, February, so about yeah. six months ago. And before that, my relationship to myself was, oh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I was trying to continue building my personal training business, but my heart wasn't fully in it. There's things I love about it and there's things that I don't. And I was really at a low in January and I was just really unhappy. And I remember it was me deciding that I needed to make a change. And I wanted to have a better relationship with myself. I wanted to create my confidence. I wanted to be true to myself that I wanted to be a mindset coach and I wanted to coach people and help people and create programs. So as soon as I connected with that, that's when the confidence came. And then I started a podcast and then I created my first course and then I created my second course and then I started sharing, you know, at work with people in my life. And what I started putting out, those people started showing up. And it was really until 
I went and did the work and I did the things that you're sharing. I was journaling and I still journal every freaking day. And you were probably going to share this already too. But the other thing I do to strengthen the relationship with myself and get really connected with my intuition is meditation. 110%. Yeah, that is, that is such a game changer. And what I love about it is it's sort of a trendy word intuition you know and i think people are like what is higher self what is intuition what is this right and the way that i try to describe it not that i try this is how i describe it is when you're sitting quietly and you know you really are calm and you're relaxing yourself and you ask yourself a question that first like knee-jerk reaction answer that you get that is your intuition and why people feel disconnected is because they start engaging with the ego which is like oh no that can't be true because maybe you're asking a really serious question you know should i stay with this person do i need to move on from my job and then you get the answer that you don't necessarily quote want to hear but that's the answer and when you when you engage in a negotiation or justification or agreeing that oh no that's not the right answer you're cutting off being connected with yourself and that is having a negative impact on the relationship with yourself because when i started meditating and i started doing intentional meditation that way and asking myself questions and listening Mm -hmm. without judgment my relationship to myself my confidence and my trust in what i can offer to people and who i am for people literally skyrocketed and it only took a couple months but i had to go and do the work right and be consistent too with the journaling with the meditating and all of that for sure because they're they're habits like anything else you know what i mean um and it's funny we're we're, we're talking specifically about journaling and meditation and you and i have both personally discussed what powerful tools they are because they are tools for sure um and uh for me when i when i look at journaling or meditation i view them as subtraction methods So what I mean is that you're not actually adding anything to yourself. You are now removing your internal barriers, those inner conflicts, that noise, and uh, you're 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 clearing up. You're clearing up, right? And I I don't even think I I mean some people choose to call that healing. Um, I don't I don't necessarily look at it healing as myself as much as I look at it as purging. Yeah, I totally get that. And the funny thing is that with meditating and with journaling and taking things away i think as human beings we always think we need more i need more money i need more friends i need more this that and the other i need more travel i need more time off i need more clothes like whatever it is and you keep getting more and more and more but i think until you deal with the shit that's going on in your head that's actually projecting your world and analyzing and judging your world and causing your relationships you're not going to get more. You need to, like you said, like take things away. Exactly. And I mean, that's why, um, you know, uh, within like recently within our culture, things like minimalism have started to become more popular. The whole concept of uh, getting more out of less, right? Because at the end of the day, no one needs 55 pairs of shoes. Did you <laughs> right? watch the documentary? I did. I, I did. watched the it documentary. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I'd read their blog, uh, I, I'd like uh, quite a few posts on their blogs uh, before, um, but that documentary was definitely very eye-opening. Right, and it's funny when you watch, when you when you view those two guys in the documentary, they seem so calm and peaceful. Did you notice that? Yeah, like they actually seem content. It's so genuinely true. content with yeah. their lives. Yeah, and basically, I'm trying to remember exactly just to give our listeners a bit of a backstory. Wasn't it two corporate men who yeah. left? They were making like all the money in the world, crawling the corporate ladder. They were so miserable, and they yeah. left. And they were literally living out of a suitcase. And they'd never been happier. Yeah. But one of the biggest things that they said, and I think they said right at the beginning of the documentary, is that the perception from the outside was that their lives were perfect. 
right? Because they had these awesome corporate jobs, like they had, you know, the, the, the nice house and the, all the nice things, nice clothes, whatever it is. And they're like, oh, you have all these things, so you must be happy because you're just living the dream, right? But then he says, I hadn't, I'd never felt more unhappier in my life. Because at the end of the, at the end of the day, like getting more of something just increases the quantity but happiness doesn't I, I mean I, I know we didn't start off talking about happiness but this elusive happiness that everyone talks about they think that having a certain quantity of or having sorry an increased quantity of something will lead you closer to happiness it's true. when I'm really just I mean the way I look at happiness is that it's just acceptance you yeah. know what I mean? When you're just content with what you have, that's when you feel totally. quote unquote happy. Because you have people who have absolutely fucking nothing, but they're happy. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who have an ab extreme abundance of a lot of things, and they are miserable. Yeah, exactly. And to talk about the, the two guys in the film, in the yeah. documentary... Obviously, when they were walking up the the corporate ladder, it was like they probably thought, "Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be working in these corporations and making really good money, and you know, grinding day in and day out. And this is what I should be doing." And the relationship they had with themselves is that that's what they needed to do. Exactly. And that's what showed up in their life. And then when they shifted that, and obviously they made it a priority to be happy. And they realized, you know, I need to get rid of this additional crap in my life. That's what changed their life. And it totally changed their world, right? So For it sure. all comes back to your thoughts really do become things. Yep. And it's really it's really critical to get in tune and in touch with your relationship to yourself. You know what's funny? And I'm going to tie this back to a personal example. So let's say with my old employer, let's say that I had gotten that promotion. You know what that would have meant? Yes, I would have had an increase in salary and in my status within the company, but it would have meant more responsibility, more time at the office, and further away from the things that I actually want to do. So not being promoted was actually a blessing in disguise. Totally. Do you know what I mean? And like just in you giving that example of the guys from the, uh, from the minimalism documentary, that hit home for me. It's like, oh shit. It's like, shit, I was climbing up the corporate ladder at one point, and I was so basically desperate to, to jump to the next rung on the ladder and when I wasn't getting it I was I felt frustrated but now at this point of where I'm in my life I look back at that and I almost laugh I'm like why did I want that so badly right I was basically asking for more of what was actually making me unhappy when what I needed to do was focus on what it is that I really want to be doing which is you know for right now, like I mean, I really do feel more content than I have felt in a long time because I'm focusing more on my creative pursuits and my personal fitness, right? Every day that I wake up, those are the two things that I'm always thinking about. And it, it, that gets me out of bed. That gets me out of bed because I'm like, yes, I want to go to the gym and I want to, you know, smash another workout. I want to do yoga. Or for me, it's like, yes, I want to um, sit, sit on my computer and start working on the next blog post or like, you know, start working on music or whatever it is because now I feel like I am living the life that I want to live. That's beautiful. And... I wrote a post recently on Instagram and I was talking about procrastination and we could say that for example me waiting literally five years I knew five years ago that I wanted to be a coach and I, yeah. I procrastinated I was you know oh I don't have enough experience I don't have the money I, I don't know how to build a website like so many things were stopping me yeah. and it was really when I asked myself what is at stake if I don't take an action 
And then I realized, cool, Kayla, you're just gonna continue doing whatever you're doing, but there's nothing wrong with what I'm, what I was doing with personal training and living in Toronto, but what I actually wanted was to live in BC. Yeah. And what I actually wanted was to be building an online coaching business. Yeah. And now I'm doing those things, and it's just a little chunk every day that I'm doing, and it's compounding over time, and I really trust that. But that is such a huge question to ask yourself, if you continually procrastinate, you're continuing to do the things that you know you don't want to be doing, ask yourself, what is at stake right now? And then you will literally see that you will continue the way that you're going unless you take a different route. Unless you make a decision. Totally. Right? And I mean, even for yourself right now, mm -hmm. it's amazing that you, you're you building this mindset coaching business and, um, you know, it's resonating with people and it's attracting people. Like, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's so funny. Like, I think about maybe what? two months ago maybe that I listened to your first podcast yeah and two months later like I'm here having this conversation with you that's going to be featured on the next podcast yeah like, it's crazy how these things just start to grow right and even for you I'm sure there's challenges you deal with whether it's uh, planning the subjects um, dealing with the technical side or whatnot but you're able to overcome these more easily because you're doing what you want to do exactly right whereas if you're putting your focus and energy into something you don't want to do when those inevitable challenges come up that's when it feels like oh like, fuck, I don't really want to deal with this yeah. because this is not really what I want to be doing. And that's when you start to procrastinate. And um, I think uh, one of the biggest uh, biggest uh, um, problems that occurs from procrastination is that anxiety. You know what I'm talking about? That anxiety you feel when you procrastinate. For me personally, I think that's one of the worst fucking feelings. Yeah. When you're putting yeah, an unpleasant so task true. off. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And maybe it's a maybe it's a pleasant task. Like, for me, for I, I literally remember the moment where... It was the summer of 2014, yeah. and I had just done a personal de development course. I shared about this in my previous podcast. It's called the Landmark Forum, yeah. and they do personal development courses. The company's called Landmark Worldwide. Anyways, that summer, I was doing this seminar called the Being Extraordinary Seminar, and in that seminar, for some reason, it totally just hit me that I wanted to be a coach, and I remember I was living on Majestic Drive in Victoria, and I was sitting on my red couch and I was just thinking one day like I wasn't doing anything and it just suddenly hit me oh my god I want to be a coach yeah. this was the spring of 2014 yeah. five years later for five years I continually said oh not yet oh maybe when I pay $20,000 and get a proper life coaching certification then I'll have the confidence yeah. oh I need to do one more course oh I just need to meet the right people oh you know when I'm 30 I'll start and it, it it would have just continued doing that forever. Exactly. Right? You're just deferring taking that initial step. Yeah. But it was it wasn't anxiety like it was something I wanted to do and there was yeah. anxiety there, but it was obviously the ego part of the failure and the fear of looking bad, the fear of not getting it right. Yeah. And I just had to choose not to listen to that and when I look at the decision I made earlier this year to just take this on, start a podcast and start building my business that's when the last six months, I would say, is the best relationship I've ever had with myself. And I'm totally seeing it in my relationship with my boyfriend. And this is the same boyfriend that I went through that event with. And yeah. we've been together for over six and a half years. And yeah. now our relationship is so much stronger and so much more authentic because I went and I did the work on myself. And I'm not saying that to sound arrogant. I'm just saying it to inspire people that when you go and you strengthen a relationship with yourself, that's all you need. 100%. I, I agree with that statement 100%. That is really what you need is to strengthen that relationship with yourself. Because here's the one thing that, and I've talked to so many people, you know, whether they're business types, creative types or whatever, is that whenever they want to do something new, 
um, or something that's going to force them to grow or maybe get them a little bit more exposure or put them in a more vulnerable and public state, there's always this little voice that creeps in the back of your head of, who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's self-doubt. That's self-doubt coming out. But dealing with self-doubt is such a crucial part of strengthening your relationship with yourself. Because here's the thing, it never really goes away. I know, it's true. You know? And the funny thing about self-doubt is... Here's a, here's a funny thing, and I really hope this resonates with people. So you want to do something, and then you have self-doubt. And then you're like, oh, I should do I should do something so that I can transform this self-doubt into confidence or whatever. But then you get defeated that you haven't done anything yet, so then you continue to sit in the self-doubt, right? And exactly. it's like, what you the, the way to kill that off is to have compassion for yourself. Yeah. Be you know, outside of yourself and just think, okay, I'm having self-doubt right now because I'm lacking confidence. I think I don't have the resources. I don't know how to start this. I don't know how to change my behavior. I don't know what to do. Having compassion for yourself and just allowing yourself to be, meet yourself where you're at. And I promise that that will lift the anxiety and that will create the space for new ideas to come to you. But if you just sit in that self-doubt, like I have self-doubt, I have self-doubt, like, oh, I feel bad I haven't done anything, then you're just trapping yourself again. Exactly. And what you're doing in that moment of self-doubt when you're telling yourself those things is you're victimizing yourself. Yes. Right? And I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get real things done when you have a victim mentality. Right, because your your action those actions just won't occur. You know what I mean. You just won't output that energy. You won't connect with people in the same way if you are stuck in that victim mentality. And again, for probably like the two hundredth time, this podcast we're saying it just comes right back to your relationship with yourself. Yeah, and that takes time too, right? So say you're listening to this and you're thinking, I need to strengthen my relationship with myself. You know, obviously. We've been doing this work, you know, it sounds like you really hit your wall about a year ago. And for yeah. me, I've really switched things up for me the last six months. Yeah. When you step into valuing yourself enough to want a phenomenal relationship with yourself and self-love and, and generating that confidence and not needing external validation, it's a process. It will just continue, you know, yeah. and it takes time and space for that to happen. And all it takes is the first step. So if you've never journaled before and you want to get your thoughts out, just go and buy a journal. That's the first step. Go to the freaking dollar store and spend $2. It doesn't have to be crazy. I mean, let me tell you, there's beautiful books at Indigo. Yeah. <laughs> and I love to go there. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be extreme. It just takes that small step, right? Try the meditation. Try asking people in your life, you know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about me and that? And and challenge yourself and just trust that letting go of your ego will open up so much for you right and back when you talked about having those two really tough conversations it was all they were were conversations that's all they were and but you were probably all hung up in you know predicting how the conversation was going to go what you were going to lose how could you lessen the impact you're trying to control it before it was even happening exactly, right and yeah. we do that as humans in all situations that we don't want to handle 100 and i mean if you think about it how much of life do you really control yeah. Right? There's so much that is out of your control. But what you can control, again, are your own thoughts and actions. Exactly. Um, I think we're coming probably closer to the end here. So I wanted to, to, to just uh, bring up a couple of points um, here so that the, the message really hits home. Uh, number one thing uh, that I've realized uh, recently and one thing that I want to share with everyone is that on this journey of strengthening your relationship with yourself, there is no pinnacle. You don't reach a point and you're like, oh, this is where it stops. I have, I am now the perfect self. No, that's not how it works. You are a constant work in progress. 
right? Right up until the moment you pass away. <laughs> you are a constant work in progress, right? It doesn't matter if you're 20, 50, or 90 years old. You're always going to be in work in progress, right? So that doing, you know, focusing on your relationship with yourself is a lifelong process. But I don't know about yourself. I find that exciting. I find yeah. it exciting that there's no pinnacle, right? The only, yeah, and when you're, when you're talking about how, you know, what, what do we really have control over in our life is our thoughts. And I've definitely mentioned this before in my work where, you can't choose, you can't necessarily choose your circumstances. Like sometimes there's trauma and there's things that happen to you that are out of your control. Yeah. The only thing you can control is how you perceive the situation. Yeah, and how you deal with it. Exactly, exactly. But obviously how you perceive the yeah. situation will lead to how you deal with it, right? Yeah. So for me, you're right. I love I love personal development, personal growth, and my I know that my purpose in life is to elevate people to be their best selves. So for me, it's like, if that's what I'm doing for the rest of my life, then obviously I'm going to be doing that with myself for the rest of my life. That's okay. Exactly. Per- uh, being perfectly imperfect. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good phrase. I've always liked that one. Um, and the other thing that I want to mention for people listening out there too is that if you're at a place where you think you need professional counseling, go get it. Yes. Go get it. I, I remember I've had some friends in my life, uh, especially in high school, which I think is obviously a really hard time for people because you don't know, literally don't know what you're doing. Like you're grade 11, you're yeah. socials class, gym you're class, whatever. through the roof and exactly. you don't even have an understanding of what's going on around totally. you. Totally. Yeah, and I remember I had a friend who was really struggling with depression and I really wanted him to seek counseling and get help. And I think for him at the time was he just saw it as a weakness. Sometimes people think seeking help is a weakness. But the irony and the great thing about it is that it's actually a strength because you're acknowledging that what's happening with you in the present moment is not working and you need assistance beyond you to pull you out of that situation. It's a strength to seek help and to develop yourself. It's not a weakness. Exactly. I mean, because for me, I think weakness stems from avoidance also. So if you're avoiding dealing with those issues with yourself, you're intentionally making yourself weaker and it's funny in those moments of weakness what you really want is that personal inner strength but that inner strength comes through honest confrontation right and I do use the word confrontation specifically because you do have to confront yourself in those moments or during those situations um, because the the you know one of the harder facts to deal with in life is that you're gonna have tragedies that you're gonna deal with you're gonna have traumatic events and traumatic moments there's no I have not met a single person who is immune to that right but like you and I mentioned before it's going through those tribulations that's gonna allow you to find your inner strength but you need to have intention you need to have the intention of like I choose how I'm gonna perceive this event and how I'm gonna deal with it exactly and like we said earlier it's just you know baby steps it doesn't have to be like you just quit your job and move across the country and like dump your significant other in 24 hours like that's no. pretty insane but if yeah. you do that and it works for you yeah. that's awesome for sure Hamza, I just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast today and I love talking about this kind of stuff with you because it's just fun to throw around ideas and obviously get vulnerable and share, you know, the shit that's happened in our life that we've overcome because that's where the lessons come from, that's where the growth comes from. So thank you so much for coming on today and I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can find you, share about your blog, where they can reach you and all of that good stuff. For sure. Uh, well, first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me offer this chat. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's important to, to have this discussion. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so if you want to read my personal blog, it's at www.brazenbastard.com. Um, I'll admit it's a lot, lot less PG than this conversation. Um, so it might not be everyone's cup of tea. Um, and if you want to find me on uh, Instagram, where I also like to post snippets um, of my writing, it's H-S-Y-E-D, which is my last name, uh, 905. Cool. Looking Thank forward you. to listening to your next podcast, too. Yeah, I'm going to get this up there as soon as possible, and you can share it with people on your end, right? And that's how we, like, expand the community. Of exactly. Just bringing awareness to mindset and how that really can transform your life. For sure. And I hope more people um, are inspired by this and want to step to the forefront and share their stories. Definitely. That's what it takes is just a bit of leadership, right? Exactly. Perfect. Okay, guys. So thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. I would love if you could please leave a review, like, share the podcast. The way that this works is that when you do that, it gets out into the world and I can help more people. And just really my intention is to make a difference for people. So this means a lot to me when you do that. I will see you in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day.